Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Rain Stop Play. Thank you very much for joining us. Apologies, we're a bit late on it this week. You know, life gets in the way. We're very busy people, but we can't wait to chat about uh, the first test between England and New Zealand that will happen in part one and in part two. Uh, more Blast content and there's other international cricket going on. So do stay tuned for that uh, and we'll talk about that in part two. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Rain Stop Pod to get involved, you know, have a little chat with us. Send us your 11, send us your predictions. We love that sort of stuff. Uh, but as I said, we're going to get cracking with England versus New Zealand. I'm joined by Zach and Glenn this week. Zach, it's been a while. How are you? How's things? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you? Yes, very well. Very well. Um, have you been playing much cricket? I think we all, we're all dying to know. Uh, I actually played. So I played a game last week and we my team scored in the T20 game. We scored 250 and the other team barely got past 100. Wow. I played not. yesterday. I played yesterday and we lost, but I scored 50. So, oh, well done. you know, oh. we'll take it. Round of applause for that. Well done. Okay, good start to the season. We like to hear it. We'll, uh, we'll get plenty more updates from that. And do stay tuned for one of Zach's quick questions at the end of the pod. We have missed them as well. Uh, joined by Glenn as well in a murky sort of library looking setting somewhere in the Midwest of the United States. How are you? What's going on? Yeah, I'm in a in a basement library in Wyoming. You you've called it right. It's like it's it's like an in between. It's either really nice or like a kind of hostage situation. It's one or the other. It's a yeah. beautiful it's a beautiful room though. Um, yeah, I'm all right. I've been playing a little bit of a ultimate frisbee. That's my uh, summer sport of choice. Ah. Well, I didn't I didn't get to bring you up. I can't remember what episode it was. I think it was our blast preview where you said you played uh, a game of football, soccer in goal, and the ball's too slippy. I've not yep. been able to bring you up on that. So I thought I'd bring you up on that and see. I hope the, fr- the frisbees are tacky enough for you uh, to catch. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know what? I don't know if you if either of you really played much, but like it was my first time. The last time I played prior to this was with Zach in about year eight. Zach year eight. I don't know. We we're probably about fourteen. Um, it's like a really weird mismatch, mis- like matchup of different sports. So you've got like end zones like American football. You've got kind of player to player marking like um, basketball. It is all. It's a very. And then the, the, I'm all right with the kind of game, the flow of the game. You just, you know, you 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 throw it to each other and try and get to the end zone, right? But there's loads of jargon, like a cut. They explained it. They did a great job of explaining like the mechanics at the start, and then all this jargon came out. So you're part of this cut if you're the attacking team, which is like yeah. this cluster of people in the middle, and you have to like peel off and make space. But you want to be making space the direction the throwers kind of 
spacing so it doesn't get blocked. It's kind of, it was a lot of fun. And, and it takes a lot of fitness. <laughs> there is a, there's a lot of sprinting. There's a lot of heavy duty sprinting. Zach, I see a, a confused face. In, I just I just remember in year eight games, it was 30 people chasing after a Frisbee. In a yeah, I don't reckon there, there were no too tactics. many rules when you no. played in year eight. I have played it before. My housemate actually played for Great Britain in Ultimate Frisbee. I'm going to drop that one there. Yeah, clang. Wow. Good. Pick that one up. So, you know, I can throw a scuba, Glenn. He taught me how to do a scuba um, and <laughs> other throws here. So um, stay tuned for part three for the Ultimate Frisbee round of the week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's but great no, fun. I'll, <laughs> We're going to keep checking in on that, Glenn. That sounds like a laugh. Um, let's talk about cricket, boys. We've got England versus New Zealand to chat about in part one. The first test match, for those of you who don't know, England won somehow uh, by five wickets in a brilliant test match that ebbed and flowed uh, pretty much session to session, it felt like, let alone day to day, a half hour to half hour even at some points. Um, so before we come on to sort of the detail of this test match, let's just talk about how good it was, right, Zach? England won nil up. Um, new era new captain, new coach, new MD, uh, somehow got this win. And it was just a great test match, wasn't it? Before, you know, before we get into details of each team, what a test match it was. Only four and a bit, or three and a bit days in the end, but wow, it delivered. Yeah, great test match overall. It really felt like a lot of it was perfect for the kind of good vibes, new regime. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, we're all good fun. We're going to we're going to play some cricket. We're going to win games. That was kind of, it really helped, you know, winning games really helps give a positive spin to a new regime. Who knew? And, you know, who knew? Broaden Anderson, quite good. Oh. Joe Root can score runs. You know, in, in our preview, Glenn, there were, you know, this was a very familiar team. And then familiar names did eventually perform for England. Um, that did end England's run of nine tests without a win. Uh, that was England's third highest run chase at Lords. A fantastic fourth innings from the whole team well some of the some of the team and ah, this is positive and I look forward to getting on to Zach's point that he made off air that he is all in but this was very close Glenn to being same old same old wasn't it it was a day of bad cricket away from being same old same old bar Joe Root's excellence and Colin de Grandom's brain fade this perhaps shouldn't have happened so you know what were your thoughts on this on this first great test match um, yeah, well, it was really close to being a terrible test match, right? Apart from the the drama at the end, you know, those first couple of days as a spectacle of test cricket to see so many wickets fall every single morning session. I think it was above five wickets per morning session for the first couple of days. Um, you could tell that both teams were still, some of them were still stuck very much in that kind of post um, IPL, other T20 kind of tournament uh, hangover. Obviously, a lot of the prep from the England boys side has been playing in the blast, which doesn't make a huge amount of sense, right? You have a, you have a break in the county championship before your test before your first home test of the year that doesn't make a huge amount of um of organizational sense but yeah it, it, it kind of started and sure it was entertaining like we like seeing wickets and you know a lot of people have said you know low scoring games um do create a lot of drama and to an extent i agree with that you know i it is really boring to watch two bats two batters work through two and a half sessions i think i think i actually watched i didn't watch with the various things i didn't watch as much as i wanted to but one of the sessions i think was the unbroken new zealand stand and that was really hard going and that was really dry so sure you want a really honest battle between bat and ball and at times we swung too much towards the ball it's fair to say but yeah i mean amazing ending 
spectacular win, spectacular finish. As you said, you know, that you know, making uh, breaking records, you know, route um, smashing through the 10,000 um, uh, run mark. Uh, just fantastic. Equal age of Alistair Cook to make it to the day was it was exceptionally well, strange. I mean, chances... minute, people are desperately doing some maths because <laughs> Alistair Cook has lived for more leap years. And were, <laughs> Cook was born at one in the afternoon. Route was born at two. But, you know, the fact we can talk about that means, you know, we're in a good place at the minute, can't we? <laughs> um, but it felt good to, re- to, to win. That was fantastic. But to be honest, Dan, what did we learn? Nothing. The top three are useless. The top three are useless. Rootkin, Rootkin, Batwell, Broad and Anderson can bowl well. Sure, Potts was a nice revelation. Can he do it over longer? Get over a longer series of matches? Who knows? Hopefully so. Apart from that, tell me, tell me, tell me what we learned. I think we learned a little bit about the mentality of this side, and it's going to be helped massively by the fact we won. But I don't see a Silverwood team winning that match, and I, I like probably because it wouldn't have had Broad in it who got them pumped up for those three, uh, that, that, that that team hat-trick. But I agree there's some real structural flaws there and we've not learned a lot. But I do think we've learned a little bit about how this team's going to play cricket. It might be badly still for a while. So that, that, that and, and, and Potts we can come on to. Um, I don't know where to start. We'll probably start with Root because he is the main story at the minute, isn't he? He became the first player to reach the milestone of 10,000 runs in Test cricket within 10 years of making his debut. It was beautiful that the 100 and the 10,000 came at the same time. That was kind of cool. And a really murky sort of dank day at Lords. Um, and it seems, you know, fair play to him, man. And I don't want you to think about it, Zach, but to come back into this Test team as not captain, and Cook spoke a lot about this on TMS this week. It, 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 he spoke about it himself. It feels like a weight's been lifted on him. You can visibly see it. Smileier at first slip, a bit more chirpy. Uh, you know, great picture of his family at the end of it. And he spoke quite candidly about how it was affecting him. So it's great to see, isn't it? And we spoke when he did relinquish the captaincy about can we get four or five more years of root doing root? It looks like we are, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I I certainly hope so. Yeah, I, I was... I really, I really did enjoy his innings, and yeah, I think it was really important for him to get some runs straight away. So there wasn't kind of any talk of it being, you know, when he got out cheaply in the first innings, it was like, oh, please, please, and obviously that kind of led People to the were collapse. Blaming him for that collapse as well, ever so slightly, but you know, anyway, yeah. no, I, that's a good point you made though about you know he gets twenty, then eleven, you're like, oh god, is he is he is he feeling cricket anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and and you could see I, that. It looked like a very emotional celebration when he got to the hundred. He looked like he could, he could have almost broken down in tears, and it was it was great to see that you know it, it still means so much to him, and that he he can still do it, and that he can do it without. And it was it felt kind of really nice that it was like oh you know we've moved on from Root's captaincy, but he's not gone anywhere. He's still there. Yeah. You know, like you say, he's happy at first slip. He's still scoring runs. He's still he made it look so easy in that hundred. I think it was. When he was batting with Stokes, he was around 30 from 100 balls. And then when when he batted with Folks, he got 80, 81 at a runner ball. Isn't it amazing how he can do that, how he can just pick up the strike? Because Stokes was the, Stokes was the counter-attacker in that absolutely chaotic uh, second innings of his. Uh, and he can just pick it up like that. And then, you know, on that on that fourth morning, as I said, the conditions were just primed for a bit of swing bowling. I know the, the ball was a bit old. And you could have seen anything terrible happening. He just, you know, first delivery... Comes down the pitch slightly, just outside off stump, knocks it to uh, the third man for, for one or two. I can't remember what it was, but the way he took command of, of, of the end of that chase was brilliant. It's great to have him back. And yeah, I mean, when Cook did it, I think we got, what, two or three good years out of Cook, maybe? Probably not as prolific as he'd have liked, but still pretty handy. So 
Um, and I'm sure he's an important man around the dressing room as well. Uh, we'll come on to some of the structure issues in the England team, which there still are. There's some gaping holes. But let's come on to the bowling attack because they really did get this started on, on, on the day one morning. Good toss to lose. I think we're all in agreement there uh, as, as it ended up. Um, 45 to 7, I think we had them at, at one point. Um, for me, it was a real strong mixture of a really, really rusty New Zealand team. I knew me spoke about that, Glenn, that a lot of them are straight off the back of IPL. Williamson's off the back of injury and not many runs, and they didn't get much cricket uh, in their two warm-up games. But it was also a combination of brilliant length, line, seam, swing bowling from Broaden Anderson, who dropped them. They've probably been sacked now, <laughs> apart from Root. <laughs> um, you know, they were brilliant. And then we had the sort of, you know, added dynamic of pots as well. So, Glenn, you know, I don't think this is our bowling attack for, the, for you know, I think it's our greatest bowling attack at the minute. But they did really well. They did really well. So, you know, good to see. I don't know what to say about Rod Anderson because they're just good, aren't they? But isn't it mad how they just like, went, right, we're, we're back again, lads. Sorry. You know, we're going to just keep doing what we're doing. No, I couldn't agree more. And what what else really, really stood out to me, and I'm sure it'll be the same for you two, was the quality of the fielding. We seemed to be really keen to do the basics right, and we just would not do that under Silverwood. So yeah, I'm not maybe just just you know ten minutes in both your company. I I do feel my spirits rising a little bit. I don't want to be the Grinch fully here because there were there were <laughs> we need the other side of the argument, Glenn. Keep going. Know, but there, there there were some some genuine genuine rays of of real sunshine in this. You know, Bestos catching was was out of this world. Well, that, first, slip, that first catch was ridiculous. Fantastic. If that goes down and they're twenty for none instead of you know. 24 for four whatever that was crazy and then you're right i think it's a good point to bring that up um so they did good folks which we will talk about a lot more in depth i think in a couple of minutes really interesting discussion to be had there he looked amazing i think it was it just a buy that was barely his keeping was superb throughout both the both the um innings so he was almost flawless behind the stumps and we will talk about his batting just a little bit um yeah bowling wise it was great i mean you you touched on my favorite moment prob- probably most people's favorite moment apart from the route 100 was the the team hat trick in the in the second innings and to see broad you know a couple of balls in a row lift the crowd and he said in an interview after the game he was like you know listen you, you look a bit silly if you go you go rile the crowd up and you get hit for a four but that's a risk i'm willing to take and to, to get jameson who uh who had a brilliant game and again we'll touch on New Zealand in just a couple of minutes lots to be said there um but to get him first ball was amazing but purely that first innings um was excellent pots four 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 wickets with an economy of 1.39 I said with, with a couple of catches he took two catches what what more do you want yeah there were tidy catches well at a fine leg and I think that team hat trick epitomized what you said Glenn in so much as we had the broad dismissal then a really sharp run out from Ollie Pope that, you know, again, are we seeing that under a Silverwood team? Obviously, you can just see McCullum's drilled the basics into them and just do fielding right, and the rest will come with it. We, we've always created the chances. Uh, and then the, the brilliance of Broad. So you've got the brilliance of this old bowler we dropped, plus just some basics happening again. And that's how you get wickets. And at that point, I thought as soon as New Zealand get their lead over 300, the game's dead. But that, that brought that lead to just the 276 that we needed. Um Matthew Potts, he was good and, you know, really good. Um, you know, Durham lads, captain by Stokes. It was very nice. They know each other and there was great support for him. I do fear, and I don't know why, I don't want to be too negative, but, you know, is he just this third seamer that just disappears again? Toby Rowland-Jones, um, Sam Curran, I know he's been injured. Uh, you know, just that that third seamer who can't really bat, so he's not a useful number eight or all-rounder, who is early 80s, who is right arm, 
you know, he's good, but we've seen, I feel like we've seen this before, Zach. I don't know if you agree or am I being really harsh on a lad who's just taken seven in his first test match. I think he's going to be useful. But when that pitch did get flat, that ball did get soft. We once again had three right arm, 82 mile an hour bowlers. So, you know, is, you know, is there a place long term in this for him once we get all our bowlers fit again? I think there's a place. I think he was a bit of a point of difference. You know, he, he was he is slightly faster than Broad and Anderson and, and Broad and Anderson are themselves slightly faster on average than Robinson, than Overton, who we've seen recently. Obviously, you know, he's similar pace to Wokes. But, you know, again, probably getting slightly Apparently less Apparently he feels faster. This is something that commentators love to say. And as a man who doesn't play a lot of cricket, I, don't, I sort of get it. Zach, when you're playing, I know this is totally different, but, you know, a bowler might not look that quick, but feels faster. It hits the bat higher up. You know, he bowls a harder length. Insert cliche here. I don't know. Yeah, he certainly does do that. You know, he was he was like bowling significantly shorter than Broad and Anderson. And I, I like to think that was a really well laid plan in that first innings because Broad and Anderson really did pitch it up, which is interesting following kind of the Ashes chat where Root said we wanted them to pitch it up and they didn't. So don't really know what's gone on there. They, they pitched it up and it worked. And then Potts was kind of that point of difference, hitting the kind of back of the length. And looks very good. I've heard lots of comparisons with Peter Siddle, where Ooh, he kind of yeah. no no great pace, but kind of like bustling. you say, hits bustling, hits the bat hard, <laughs> hurries batters. That's it. It's all those cliches that there's there's nothing to back it up, but seems to kind of cause a few problems, makes things happen. Well, that's, 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 that, that's exactly what one. I was going to come on. It's a bit of a golden <laughs> arm. Well done, Zach. Uh, listen, he's going to get the whole series. We hope you know injury dependent, and no one's coming back in a hurry. So. That's great. He was all. I'm j- oh, that was just a point I would like to bring up. Well done, Matty Potts. Very, very impressive uh, at Lords on your debut. Um, let's do the spin before we come into the batters. Uh, poor old Jack Leach, man. This is kind of he's like he's hexed or something. Um, sort of goes clattering over the the boundary rope, saves the run, and obviously looks he looked pretty heavily concussed. It looked quite worrying for a while. So we had our our concussion sub. Matt Parkinson came herring down from Manchester on whatever motorways connect Manchester and London and played. And we're all really happy for him, right? Cricket Twitter was a buzz. Um, and, you know, there has been some really annoying criticism leveled at him, in my opinion, because this guy's had his first test match. If England had batted properly in the first knock, he'd have been bowling on a way more receptive pitch. Um, and we might have seen a bit more from him. Are some arguments he looked a little bit floaty, doesn't really have the googly. I want to know what you you boys, Glenn, I'll come to you first, what you thought of his um, first outing. I, I was chuffed he got that wicket at the end. One for 40, very tidy in that second innings. We're probably going to see him for the rest of the series, probably, hopefully, I don't know. But yeah, a slightly underwhelming start, Glenn. But, you know, something to come from him, do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, it's a really difficult circumstance, isn't it? So he was in Manchester, he was watching the game, it was a great piece, um, great piece by uh, uh, Wisden, just a quick interview with him, with uh, Yaz Reina just saying, you know, just the inside story of what happened. You know, he's about to go on holiday, he's packing for holiday, watching the game on TV, 
but I think he sees effectively sees Jack Leach go over and um and suddenly you know they've got the team uh, team on the phone. He another thing you know I touched on this with the, with the batters just just a few minutes ago, but he says in this interview, hey I haven't I haven't balled with a red ball for a while now. You know I've been in full on blast mode and that and he plays a vital role um for Lanks within that team. He's a, he's an excellent player across formats, right? That's one of the one of the major pulls of him. And yeah, so I do feel for him because he went to, he went to go pick up his gear from the stadium and he was like oh you know do I have time for a quick net with the bowling coach they realized quite rightly that he didn't have time and that he had to basically just drive himself yeah. down there because he was in line to bat as the collapse unfolded as we as we all saw so I mean to be fair to the lad I can't think of a more of a more chaotic way really it has Sam Billings-esque uh you know uh, thoughts about you know driving down the coast of Australia to get to the Ashes side you know it, it's really difficult to center yourself in this kind of moment and when he's driving there right he's not with the team he's not with the coach as far as I can tell he might have just been I think he was just by himself with the only company is maybe TMS and his thoughts in his head so for him to get there to turn up and to bowl pretty well you know looking at his figures in that second innings he got a wicket thankfully he got Southie um well taken by root and you know his economy was was perfectly fine you know for um you know for a spinner on debut you know he's he's bowled what just under 16 overs 40 um 47 runs economy of just over three almost right on three so it, very very reasonable yeah there was criticism i read a lot about him bowling too slow and all these other things i was like just give him a go he wasn't yeah. hit out of the park he did better yeah. than the other uh the other poor bloke the spinner for new zealand who was who was clearly a dreadful pick who just got absolutely battered um i think he acquitted himself really um really well and i think yeah i i can only wish number one we can only wish the best for leach um and and hope actually that he does come back into he does come back into the team because he has just been just cursed as you said but you know he even got a nice fall right he even got a lovely four to the boundary <laughs> park I said, fair play to him fair i think he had yeah. a really solid debut and i'm excited to see him progress and he needs a lot of slack if you're going to complain about his technique in this context you should go for a walk as far as i'm concerned yeah agreed i agree with all your points there glenn and, and i hadn't thought about sort of the rush of it you know he didn't even get his cap presentation sort of properly done Nothing. in the huddle on day one you know like parts you know he sort of got it handed to him in the dressing room by i think it was jeetan patel that the spin coach so yeah really impressive and Looking at the seriousness of Jack, Leach's, Jack Leach's injury, he definitely won't be playing in the second test match at Trent Bridge. You know, I think he'd ultimately come back in if he were fit, but we'll get to see a bit more Parkinson. Hopefully on a more receptive pitch, and we know what he can do. His numbers don't lie in County Champ. So, uh, chaotic, but very interesting nonetheless. And well done, Matty Parkinson. Good to see you playing a bit of test cricket, finally. We've been calling for it. Uh, right, let's do the batting, because it was still rubbish, lads, wasn't it? Let's be real with ourselves. Uh 147 in the first, and I've got the scorecard in front of me. And I think we got ourselves to like six, 60 for four, 70 for four in the second. And I want to start, Zach, here in that Ollie Pope is not a number three in any stretch of the word. He shouldn't bat there again. And I'll be honest, I don't really see a place for him in the test team at the minute. It's a difficult one, isn't it? We just seem to be going around the house with Ollie Pope. He phoned up Ben Stokes to, to beg him to bat a three, which, I, yeah... Fair enough, you know. Shows <laughs> shows he he wants to play for England. You could say. Don't we all? Don't we all, Zach? You know, but I'm just not quite up to all, it. Yeah, I mean, I scored 50 yesterday, Ben. You know. Yeah, give me a call. Give me a call. Give me a go. Yeah, maybe don't. <laughs> Can't even bother to go down to Nottingham on Friday. Um, but yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? Because he is just cut above 
and yet every time he goes back and he just scores more runs than anyone else does in the county championship. But it's just, and, it's not the position for him. I, no, I don't because it, I don't think he come up. He can't come in at first drop. And when he did come in, uh, you know what we got a fifty partnership and a little bit more, sort of thirty odd. He he can't counter attack because we're in a position, and he gets into a little hole. I just don't understand why they put him there. It's because it's because they want him in the team, right? And they've gone right. What what positions left? Three. Go on then, lad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the number three position in England has been, you know, kind of a poison chalice for for years on end since now. Since Trot. We've never really found... Mm. Yeah, since Trot, exactly. Since Trot, we've never found a solution to that. I mean, Root was kind of the best solution for a bit, but he prefers batting <laughs> four, so... I still think he would be, four. you know. Yeah, but it, it's... Is he going to score as many runs there as he is at, as he is at four? We need no, as many. Of, we I don't we go, still need as I'm many. Not, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. What I do yeah. want to ask you, Zach, though, is you know, England rightly selected um, Potts because he's getting bagged load of wickets in the county champ, right? They picked Broad because he's more a warm wicket taking option than Overton. The Potts, the Potts analogy more. This guy's in form. We picked him for the Test match. He takes seven wickets. Do this with the batters. And I know Pope is in form in the county champ, but you've got the likes of Bohannon and you could bring Brook in to shuffle the order around a bit who are actually getting runs. Um, oh, the fact that Pope just kind of kills this argument, but do you see what I'm getting at? Like pick the, pick the in form batter who does bat at three. Well, it's, it's horses for courses. Isn't it? Pick the number three who oh, bats at number three. Yes. So yes. pick, pick Bohannon maybe. There's some talk about whether he... He's only kind of really moved to three in the last, I think it's only in the last kind of year or two. So he hasn't got that much time at three. His, his record at three is, per, you know, very good. But not a natural uh, number three or, or maybe bring. He is, he is, he is now. He is now okay. a natural number three. So there's talk of maybe, maybe they're just decided we're going to give him another year. Yeah. And then, then he's, then he's our number three just to make sure he's really ready. So with that in mind, that's a really good point, Zach. Um, and I, I'm learning. I don't know too much about the hand, to be honest, myself. But say he's kind of on ice for a while, and I'd say that may, may be actually a smart smart call, potentially, to give him a bit more time. Um, we take Pope out of the number three position here. Let's shelve the route debate, keep him at four. That's where he wants to be. Call that one off now. Who who comes in? Dan, for example, I agree with you. It's not Pope's position. We have some quality players who are piling on the runs. I'm not necessarily even saying drop Pope from the team here. I'm saying take him out number three. Yeah. Who Who... The game in three days when it starts, who's batting number three for you? Well, I'd have never had Pope there in the first place at all. It never made sense. Yep. We spoke about this. Going yep. to, it's the first decision this Agreed. new regime has just got that's got no logic behind it. And and I'll do what they do with the bowlers and get the lads in who are just scoring buckets of runs. So I, I would, they like Crawley and I like Crawley, by the way, and he's going to nick off in horrible spots every now and again. But he's also going to get us to 50 for none from 10 every now and again, which I like. I would also then move him down to three <laughs> and bring someone like Ben Compton I don't mind in. That who's got getting loads and loads of runs and Zach shaking his head yeah I'll, I'll, Zach go on mate because I, I just get Pope out of there man he can bat five or whatever I don't care I'm done with him man you you are just so pro Rob Key it's unbelievable oh, mate, I'm, yeah but again I'm trying just, to get that round of golf in with him Zach Crawley has, is the epitome of someone who has not been scoring a bucket load of runs in the county championship <laughs> he should not be in this test side okay he had you know what what did he score Couple of runs, maybe. Yeah, four But but do you not think the speed in which he goes out there and gets them? And yes, he will nick off on eight stump. But every now and again, Zach, we'll get to fifty for none, and Leeds won't have even blinked. And that's good. I like it. I quite like it. 
we'll get we'll get to 50 for none and then we'll be and then we'll be 100 for five you know <laughs> yeah oh, i know this is the problem though isn't it there are just a few players in that team that were, were joe root innings away from us just lambasting them for 45 minutes so yeah just okay just looking at the lineup as it is and just trying to laser in on who we think should be playing and who should be replaced we have lees crawley pope root bearstow question marks over him stokes folks and then we're into this horrifically long tail that's just okay. a catastrophe <laughs> you know if okay in an ideal world where we are the selectors dan i'll start with you because you do seem particularly passionate about this morning which i love i mean out of that top say six i think there's question marks over lee's crawley pope and bearstow who out of yeah. those four is sticking around for you yeah. next game you keep lee's you give lee's a run i know he keeps yep. getting 20 and leaving them but you give him the series he's got potential crawley i like I'm happy with him at two or three. Best, though, I'm sort of okay with. He'll come good every now and again and to, like change the game in the slips. You, you don't pick a man to stand in the slips, but he'll come good. They're obviously, there's obviously Brooke knocking on the door. My solution, actually, Glenn, this segues, on, segues uh, us on nicely, was to probably go, is Ben Fokes up to it? And that knock in the fourth was so important and so impressive that you can't, as glove work was so good. I was going to say, you know, he's averaging low 20s, it's not 1980 anymore. You can't have Wicketkeeper doing that, especially at seven. So, you know, is he up to it? Probably not. Get rid of him. Put Bearstow down to seven with the gloves. Opens up a spot at five, and then you can do some jiggling around. Bring in Brooke. But na- mm-hmm. Yeah, Brooke comes in, or you move Pope down, you know, something like that. But you can't do that now because folks look really, really solid with the bat for the first time in a long time. So my solution's dead. I think I'll go very <laughs> similar for the next test. But Zach thoughts on I, trying to move this around you're going to stick with the same team like me I, I think we're going to st- I, I, I'd be very surprised if there's any changes the squad because the squad's been announced it's just Parkinson added I think yeah, uh, so I think they might go Parkinson moving forward I think we will give Pope the series at three which kind of fair enough you know yeah, no, if, yeah, if you think of him as a say you think of him as a new player who's come in because it's a completely different position you're not going to write him off That's after fair. one test we, we have seen a lot of Pope but, you know, he is also ve- obviously very good at batting, generally. He is, Dan. You overall. might roll your eyes at me. <laughs> very good. I think long term, well, short term, even for the for the South Africa series, we could go back to um, David Milan, who is scoring lots of runs in the county champ. And That's a welcome name back in this chat. Was kind of was kind of unlucky. A lot of stuff going on at the end of the Ashes series. Yeah. Looked, it was him and Root were the only people who could score a run at the beginning of it. And yeah, I think I think he, I think he, he will play another Test match this summer. And then long term, Josh Bahannon. On our kind of quick busy numbers stuff, everyone is obsessed with how good Josh Bahannon is. His just solid, good batter basically in four day cricket. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true. And I think Milan is actually a name that I think all three of us uh, seem to perk up a little bit with. I think he just fills a spot. Three, as discussed, we'll draw a line under it, is a really awkward position for this England team in the last decade. Milan has experience there. He's got runs there. He did really well at the start of the Ashes. want to reiterate that because he was really impressive. I think he just fills a gap that's really uncomfortable. And if, yeah, sure, I'm not expecting hundreds from him, but if he can stick around and get a couple of 30s instead of Pope 7 and 10s, that would be doing a job for us. It's a low bar at the minute, isn't it, Glenn? He's it is. On and he, I feel like he could support that low bar, and that's no criticism to his ability to create cricket at all. Um, this, the long tail is an issue. And again, Glenn, we spoke about this in our preview, and it, it sort of 
it sort of came to a head. It didn't, it didn't, because the bowlers who they did pick were excellent for the whole test match. So, so that was good. But, you know, had we lost folks or root early on day four, you're straight into that tail. And before folks' knock, with him averaging 20-odd, you know, low to mid-20, he felt like the start of the tail at seven. I don't know if you boys agree with that or not. I don't, I, you know, I think we'll give folks a series as well, especially after that knock. But the tail felt incredibly long. Even with an informed folks, this is a very long tail. And for this series, we are missing an all-rounder. Do you think it's going to be a problem for the rest of the series? Are we, are we going to see more of these, you know, as soon as New Zealand get five or six, it's a very, very long tail. Yeah, I think it will be a problem. And again, I think we, I'm actually happy. Uh, uh, I don't usually um, always reflect back on our previous Rainstop Play episodes and think, wow, you know, we, we were we were really... Uh, Check out that insight. We were spot on there. <laughs> but I think our preview touched on points that really, really panned out in real time in, in this test. And the tail was one of them. And all it does, as we again, we said, is, you know, if you're a, if you're coming into this team or you're Pope or you're someone who's not super confident at the moment or your folks, for example, it doesn't give you any leeway for mistakes. It doesn't give you any confidence looking down and seeing quite literally four number 11s. I mean, it is just, yeah, it, it's open season for the bowlers. And if the top three is especially brittle and none of them are really scoring these big convincing scores, all it does, as played out in this test, is heap the pressure on route. Besto to an extent, especially Stokes. It heaps the pressure on Root and Stokes. And sure, when they come good, Dan, when they come good, we'll win a game because they're two of the best players in the world, well, especially Root, you know, Stokes is Stokes, but they're, they're both match winners and they're both game changers. But as we saw in the first innings, Root 11, Stokes 1, there's no support either side. Sure, the Crawley 43 was welcome, but you look down the list, you know, Folk 7, Pot 0, Broad 9, Anderson 7, Parkinson 8. Mm. That's actually more than I was expecting. They almost got 30, 40 <laughs> odd. That actually, actually exceeded my expectations there. But in the modern game, when you just think about the emphasis on wicketkeepers being batters and bowlers being able to get a quick 10, 20, 30, we don't really have that. There's not a big score in any of that, of that, of that lower four. Not no, I'm not worried about the big score. I'm just worried about the stickability yeah, of, you know, mm-hmm. a number eight like Overton or Wokes or Curran can just stick around for a bit. They can play a good yes. defensive shot or two, whereas, you know, Potts is going to nick one at the end of the day, isn't he? If he doesn't just chuck the bat. Um, but it looks like something that's going to be present for the whole series, you know, with the, the general injury problems. Definitely something to look forward to. And I'm sure they're aware of it, um, you know, as much as the issue with spinners and, 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 you know, the lack of pace. And you do think this bowling attack and that, that eight to 11 position is going to look very, very different once we have a fully fit uh, seam attack again. And, and that's probably a conversation for another day, really. But um, well done, England. New era, you know, all went well. Stokes got a lot of thumbs up from the commentary people on Sky. Apparently he did good things. I mean, at one point there was six slips in, which was good fun. Attacking, the vibes are good. Zach, just, just touch on why you're all in now. I'm just going to tell listeners that before we start recording, I, I've been all in since Rob Key was even whispered. It appears that this result has, has, has sent Zach over the edge. Not quite, not Glenn quite yet, but Zach, you're all in now. Go on. I just think it's quite, it, it's just fun. I've fun. just decided why not, because it was so perfect, but then also so nearly so terrible that it's, it's, it's just fun that it's, it's all new. It's all good. It's all going to be fine. We're, we're going to be really good at test cricket now. And, you know, I've got the hope up and I, we're going to lose by an innings on Friday, but it's all going to be fine because <laughs> they, they described it really well on um, on the great cricketer last week as uh, just beers deluxe was how they described the kind of new <laughs> regime. Just 
which is just great. Like so, and I thought I thought that was it made me think of you, Dan, when I listened to yes. that. Well, thank you, and uh, welcome on board. Quite frankly, it's it's a nice place to be. Uh, we'll get we'll get Glenn and Will on the side. I'm sure at some point. Uh, I think I think when Will sees him in person playing his beloved India in about a month's time, he'll <laughs> he'll get the vibe. Uh, we've got to talk about New Zealand for the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes of uh, part one here. Uh, we're very much in a winning position after being very much in a losing position at, at 40 odd for seven. Um, I don't quite know what, what went wrong for them, actually. I think it, almost what happened to England in their second bowling innings in that the ball got soft and the pitch got flat and two good batters were at the crease. Um do you think they could have turned the screw a little bit more, Glenn? I mean, they didn't use Ajaz Patel at all in the second innings, uh, even right at the end, the desperate end when you might as well chuck the spinner on. Um, you know, I thought they'd really well to drag him out of that hole. And as I said at the top, they looked really, really rusty. Then were on it. And then just sort of fell really flat again at the start of day four. So can you put your finger on what might have gone wrong? Yeah, I, I think they slightly got selection wrong, right? You, you mentioned Patel, who didn't bowl a ball delivery in the first innings and then he only had two in that second one yeah you know i think stokes took a liking to him straight away and spanked him for six and he had two overs for 22 which is just you know kind of you're rattled then it had, he got the kind of jack leach in the ashes treatment which was absolutely no respect from the batters and he was seen as a weak link so he was off had patel been someone like wagner or another one of new zealand's really uncanny seamers and wagner's a workhorse as well like especially when you bring the injury of de Gronholm into it he can bowl such long spells and he has a knack of just getting wickets and a lot of effort balls he's just a proper cricketer I think we talked on the podcast months and months ago about him playing, I think it was a Pakistan series with a broken toe and yeah. getting a load of wickets, if I'm right, got five. Got, got the good attitude, hasn't he? You yeah. Know, you, you, um, you know, do the hard work. Yeah, so I think that kind of figure, and he's really experienced. So someone like him, I think, would have really benefited this team. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they just almost run out of steam. I think, you know, as you said, the batting, they're all, all over the place. From that first innings, to put themselves in a winning position, took metal, took took quality with the ball, um, you know, took a lot of commitment. So this isn't the worst thing ever for them. And, you know, that that um, partnership between Mitchell and Blundell, as sad as it was to fall apart the next day, was absolutely exceptional. It's so interesting that, you know, I was so impressed that, you know, again, remember they were bowled out for one one thirty yards. I can't remember the top of my head, whatever it was, not a lot. After being 45 for seven, so a little bit of a comeback there. Then they go down, you know, England 90 for two, and then they bowl them out for 141. I thought, oh, geez, this is this is that New Zealand team again, doing it again. Uh, and then they just fell short. So I don't know if you agree, Zach, that it was perhaps a selection issue. Um for me, it was just a brain fade for old Colin. Um, we love him. Great guy. Bullied us in the World Cup final. Um, you know, he was part of that really quite awful collapse that saw them take what was a commanding lead into a chaseable one. Yeah, it was it was that was the moment, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it was it was one of one of a couple of moments that he was unfortunately involved in. You know, it he needs to. I don't know. It's 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 hard to to feel. I don't know, I feel sorry for him a little bit, you know, on the kind of the running out a little bit. I mean, don't know why he's running around when he's been hit on the pad, but <laughs> it happens. Baffled, you don't know where he? the ball's gone. Yeah, it's difficult. And then yeah. obviously the no ball that got Stokes out. I mean, that was one of the ugliest shots I've ever seen. And I think, you know, if if you hadn't overstepped there, again, I think we were in a very different conversation. So, yeah, poor old Colin. And I think one more thing, the top order failed the same way, you know, we can critique England all day long. Their top four 
um, did nothing. So mm. quality batsmen, Latham, Young, Williamson, Conway. So really excellent top order. And I know they're in a kind of transition. You know, we had Taylor's retirement. We do have Williamson post-injury. He's out of form. So there's a slight caveat. I think Taylor, again, they may well have won this had they just had that bit of extra experience, that extra 60 runs across two innings. Sure. And again, these are all hypotheticals, but we're just trying to we're trying to really burrow down and think, why did they throw it away? How did they throw it away against an England team that is, is lacking in confidence for all that we can say about it. it's a new mood, it's a new management. It's different when you're on the pitch and it's pretty much the same players. Right. So for them to throw it away was disappointing. But their top score for the in eight innings in their top four batters was 15 for Williamson. I mean, that's Jeez. nothing. Their top, their top orders failed. That's what it comes down to. Their bowlers were outstanding. And I think especially Jameson was was as good as I've seen for, for a bowler. And he's been critiqued for being, he had a, you know, he, he had an absolute amazing debut start to his career. Then he kind of just plateaued a little bit and people were saying, can he do this long term? Yes, he can. He is a quality bowler. And he he was one of my, you know, players of the of, of the game, without a doubt. He was stupendous. I, I think again though on on Jameson his batting's been critiqued a little bit because when he first came in he looked like a he was he averaged like fifty in Test cricket for like a little bit and it was like what's going on yeah, like we we can't even get a top six player to do that but like and it has fallen off a bit so I think yeah. there's a, there's a few questions over whether he can be long term number eight because it's it's a bit of a problem position for a few teams out there to be honest getting a, a batter who can bowl a bit I think. You know, even for India, if you think about their kind of seam attack, if they don't have, if they've got Jadeja at seven, then eight is a bit of an issue. Australia have got Pat Cummins, so they're fine. Yeah. But like, a lot of teams, a lot of teams don't have a player like that. We, Wokes was, is very good if he's fit and it's in England, but outside of England, it's not good and we don't have anyone else really. So it's, diff- it's, it's a difficult position and I don't, I'm not sure what, I think New Zealand are, you know, they need to be, yeah, we're all right with Jameson. He's decent enough. And yeah, I think Wagner would have would have potentially really enjoyed that final morning. I don't know. I was I was messaging one of my friends, I was like, if anyone would would kind of relish in this sort of opportunity, it's Wagner and he mm. and he'd get three for mm. or even even at the Stokes root partnership at the end of day three, just yeah. to get stuck into Stokes a little mm-hmm. bit. It was sort of wandering all over the gaff. So yeah, a, probably a misstep there. We got to expect to see him in the next test. Obviously, with DeGrandom out injured now, you know, yeah. they've lost one of those wily all-rounders. And, you know, DeGrandom averages 40-odd with about, I think, or, or mid mid to high 30s, coming in at six or seven, wherever he comes in, a below blunder, sorry. You know, that's a big hole to fill. Have they got anyone in the squad, Zach? Off the top of my head, I'm struggling. I know Wagner isn't. I know Wagner will come in probably lower down. Um, but, you know, who can come in to fill that hole? Obviously, Mitchell now gets his place after being... Not, probably not being in that team, but he obviously is now. Then you've got Blundell. You know, who might we expect? Yeah, a couple of the names that are in the squad would be Nichols, who's been in good form, but is potentially still injured. So we're not sure about his availability. And then there's Bracewell, who is a kind of spinning all-rounder who could... It's another all-round option instead of DeGrandom. It's a, if they went for that, then maybe they could go... Wagner instead of Patel. So they've You've got, got to think Patel's not going to play. Williamson's clearly Williamson's clearly not keen on. I suggest he's not keen on spin in general because Patel, you know, got a ten for an innings not that long ago. So he's obviously a talented bowler. So maybe I they just don't they... want to go down the spin line. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, I think you'll know this. I think that was his first over he'd actually bowled in Test cricket since the 10 foot, I'm pretty sure, because he had been in squads and maybe had been playing and not bowling. But that's it, right? How 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 the 
what a swing. How about Test cricket? You go from him, 10, o- 10 wickets. Uh, ev- you get everyone to two and you're hit out of the attack for Ben Stokes. It's cruel. It's a cruel game. And you know, Williams has just not fancied him for whatever reason. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Nichols would have played in that first test, were it not for the injury. Probably had a Mitchell. So I guess you could, if was his fit, pops in at five, Mitchell at six, wicketkeeper at seven. Would be all right. Listen, they've got options and that bowling attack is... That bowling slash all-rounder attack is very, very good. I expect them to come back strong at Trent Bridge because they, you know, there were sparks then looking really good. And I just do think there's a lot of rust uh, that need to rub off, as it were. Uh, actually, let's before we before we wrap up part one, let's do Glenn. I think you predicted a two-one England win series. I went for two-one New Zealand, so we're both still in. Um, but should we have a little look at the second test? What what do we think? Uh, Glenn, New Zealand going to come roaring back, or are you going to back England to? Uh, to sort of get on a bit of a roll now in the opposite direction. Yeah, I, I think this game showed that a draw, whether aside, might be quite unlikely for the state of these two, for the state of these two <laughs> batting teams, batting units. Uh, let's go England win again. Why not? Roll it on. With, you know, great end to the game. Um, you know, you, you know, if we get a if we if we get a series win, then sure, maybe I'll be buying into the rub key project. Maybe half as much as Dan, as opposed <laughs> to a tenth as much as Dan right now. But yeah, let's carry it on. You know, the vibes can only be good. And you know, Broad Broad said came out and said after the game, one of you know the the the, the mood was absolutely wonderful. You know, with that win, it was a highlight for this for this squad. So um, it's not hard considering how many lowlights there've been. So um, uh, yeah. Another England win. Let's do it. Weather, weather, keeping weather in mind. Um, but yeah, I think Dragon Home's going to be a miss, and we just touched on it. I think this New Zealand team is a is a, is a little bit not crisis, but it's just a little bit neither here nor there. Their top order needs to score runs, or they're going to lose again. Yeah, agreed. I think uh, I, I can't go for an England win because it would ruin my series prediction. So I'm going to go for New Zealand win. Uh, but as Glenn rightly said, Zach, the bo- two bowling attacks are too good for this to be a draw unless it's a real road. So w- which way are you going to go down? I'm going to go New Zealand win, and it, and it's a, a lot of that is selfishly because I kind of want the series to still be on the line when I go to the day three of the third test. Ooh, so nice! That could be that could be the final day, you know, in these two teams as well. It could be. So I want England to win the series either on the day I'm there, or if it's still going the next day, I might get a last minute day four ticket because that's the the day four will be the Sunday. So uh, oh, well, that'll be good. Well, can, I, can I really briefly speak about tickets? I don't go on about this, but I was in London on Sunday morning, thought, right, we're not going to get more than 20 overs. How much is the ticket to get in in the morning? Still 90 quid, uh, which was a bit of an outrage. And good on Joe Root and folks. They got it done in time for everyone to get a full refund. So, you know, what a day. Uh, but yeah, that's quite, quite a few different. Probably for a different podcast, the, the, the price thing. I know we touched on it last week or the week before as well. Uh, but that about do for part one. Uh, we're back in a second for part two. We'll chat about the blast and all the other international cricket going on right now. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to part two. Last 10 minutes of the show. We'll have Zach's quick question right at the end as well. Stay tuned for that. But let's talk about the T20 blast going on in the UK at the minute. Um, should we start with fantasy? Which time are we going to go down here? Uh, remember, uh, these two boys, Glenn and Zach, did a great interview with the founder of the Cricket Draft. Uh, we've all got our teams. Uh, so this is kind of how we're kind of framing all our blast chat at the minute. I've gone set and forget. Uh, you know, I've got, you're a very busy man. Uh, Lazy. These, yeah, well, I'm ahead of you, Glenn. So you know. Doesn't, doesn't really <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh no, that's really embarrassing. <laughs> well, for everyone to know how the league's going, Glenn, and I've just embarrassed myself. Um, yeah. So it's it's pretty sorry for the for the for the rain stop playboys to be perfectly honest. Um, there's a couple of people. Um, Tom's at the top. Uh, with uh, Team Air Jordan with a monstrous, you know, 5,686 points. And then, yeah, we, you have to dive deep to find us. Will, somehow, I'm going to be honest, I'll say this on air, Will's a pretty tragic fantasy player. So the fact he's above everyone is 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 dreadful. He's 10th with, um, with uh, 4,365 points. I'm just below him at 11. Then we dive real down into the relegation contenders. Zach's really sad at 13th. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, Zach, with your access to a wealth of stats, that the average lay player simply doesn't have. Mm. This is a disgraceful show from you. Have a handicap anyway. Prior to yeah, yeah, he should, he should. He should. Is he defending himself? I'm, I'm sorry, Glenn. Can we, can we just talk about your wording of what you've just said there? I'm two places below you. I'm not that far away from oh, you. And miles you below, mate. 200 points. Miles. You said lowly, lowly. <laughs> 200 points in the cricket drafts. One bad bowling knock. <laughs> is that close? Exactly. Exactly. It's one innings. I'm one innings away from you. <laughs> and then Dan's fourth, and there's 16 people in this league. Dan's 14th, and then uh, Tim is um, uh, uh, my dad is 15th. So it's a real. And then transfers, by the way. And I'm gonna look at my team this week, by the way. I don't want to totally forget it. So you know, that's one little win. Um, it's a sorry showing. Listen, well done to whoever's at the top. But yeah, lads, we got to buck our ideas up a little bit here. This is our this is our league. It is worth noting that John, who we interviewed, is second in our league, which I love that he's joined the league and he is second in the league. Good. And is only 100 points away from top. So, to be honest, if anyone's expected to do well, you'd expect John to do well. Well, good for him. And while we're on his team, do you want to read out some of his players and then, you know, give us an idea of who's doing well so far this year? Uh, while you have a look at that, though, I'll have a quick look at the two leagues. Teams have played between five and six games now, a little bit closer than when we spoke last week. At the top of the North, Lancashire Lightning, 1-4, lost none, still undefeated. Uh, they've got one tie, obviously that, that Roses clash. At Birmingham, who were 3-0 when we last when we last chatted, of, of, of uh, 1-1 and lost two since then, but they still sit second. Yorkshire Vikings are third, probably at the table in the minute of the Worcestershire Rapids. Uh, in the South, Surrey uh, played five, 1-4, we've had one no result for them. So they're top. Somerset boys doing very, very well, just lost the one game so far, just a point behind Surrey. Uh, Sussex are fourth, doing okay, three and three, uh, while Hampshire are propping up the south. Uh, 
we'll chat about some players then, Zach. Who who's in uh, who's in the team then, and and why is he doing so well? As as he should be, obviously, as founder. So he's got he's he's got two of the same bowlers as me, which I'm pretty happy about. It's two Leicestershire bowlers actually. Um, it's young Rayan Ahmed, who I know uh, Glenn's Glenn's had in his fantasy team from the start. Is he is he the lad? Sorry to interrupt. Is he the lad from the under 19s? He is. Yes. He ah, is okay. the lad. You do listen. Yeah. You do listen. I do to me. sometimes. I tune in when it's not about England men's <laughs> Test cricket. Yes, I do. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's the guy who can bowl a, a beautiful, ripping, googly. So he's been taking some wickets, doing quite well, scored a few runs with the bat as well. And then he's also got Callum Parkinson, who's been doing well. Obviously, brother of Matt Parkinson, bowls slow left arm, pretty good. He's got Ben McDermott, the kind of Aussie wicketkeeper who's playing for Hampshire. I hadn't realised he was doing well. He scored 500 points this game week, so... That's a, that's a very good that's a very good transfer I think, you know Tim David's been a good one for me because you know he's quite good Dan remember him where's he playing at is it Lanks yeah 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 is he been is he is, is he sort of transferred his late IPL season over to the UK yeah very much so he's not facing that many balls because Lanks have just got an absolutely stupid batting lineup with you know Liam Livingston, Phil Salt both batting above Tim David so. He's not facing that many balls. While we're chatting about some transfers that have been good and bad, I guess it wasn't a transfer so much as a bit of poor team selection at the start of the season from Glenn. Uh, the current runs, uh, top run scorer at Riley Rousseau for Somerset, 278 runs, averaging 92, strike rate of 191. Glenn, you decided to omit him from your team at the last minute call. Uh, I overthought it. I, call, I, I you know, I, I uh, outlined why he'd be a great pick on the pod our preview pod for the tournament and for the for the fantasy team and yeah i i i just english conditions threw me off and i went for for tom banton who has been pretty poor however i did captain will smead uh last week and mm. he got last game week and he got an extraordinary 90 odd not out and he would have been he would have got well past 100 if they hadn't run out of runs to chase <laughs> he yeah. would have had a monstrous score he looked in as good nick as i've seen any player so far this tournament uh, he just looked fantastic so just just to quickly do what we always do on this podcast and focus on Somerset more than any other county. <laughs> um, I actually think Riley Rousseau, although I was a little bit doubtful at first, brilliant signing because, first of all, it's not like Sussex who've had to sign seven different overseas players because all of them are available for like two games in a row. Yeah, juggling them Sussex. around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Sony teams have had to do that. He's available the whole time because he doesn't play for South Africa. Won't go into that. No, I don't know any of the details. Never really do with South Africa. There's quite a few players who don't play for them, isn't there? And also, he's a brilliant player of spin, which is something that Will Smead really struggles against. So it's it's a well-thought-out decision that he can come in at three and say he's batting with Will Smead, they can just work well together. Banson's a pretty well-rounded player, and Abel is too, but having that kind of player of spin to complement how good Will Smead is at just absolutely smacking pace works very well good bit of analysis there zach enjoyed that um especially as man who's not watched much of somerset um yeah absolutely and a standout player so far in the blast for me has been uh uh morgan's uh hogan who is 41 years old and he is <laughs> at least at the time of recording equal top for wickets with 13 and um, there's a few games going on right now so this may have changed by the by the time everyone hears this tomorrow but um he's had an outstanding outstanding series so far um and yeah there's been there's been the usual names thrown around i mean paul sterling joe denley's had a surprisingly good time with the bat so far actually. Uh, can i just kind of nip you with that glenn he's having a good time but a boring time 
124 strike rate. Come on, I don't, I don't pay my, <laughs> don't pay my 80 pound a ticket at the Blast to go and see that. He, he scored 100, but then that's he hasn't just hasn't really scored new runs. 110, there you go. Yeah, high score 110. Yeah. Same with Sterling actually. 200 runs for the tournament so far with a top score of 119. First game um, of the season, he piled that, that on. Was, that was, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, Bears have dropped off a bit since then actually. Uh, Alex Hales nearly broke many records uh, away at. Derbyshire, I think it was. Uh, not that was like brutal. The Derby. That was brutal hitting. That was brutal hitting. And I think it's it 90 in the end off 30 something. Uh, but a lot of records were in it were in his uh, in his sight there. But he just fell short. Uh, as you mentioned, Glenn Hogan tied Jake Lintart. I think would have been a big fantasy pick because he had a great hundred uh, playing for Birmingham, taking 13 wickets, uh, an average of 11. Oh, Zach got, got him. Got him. Well done, mate. Well done. No wonder you're doing so well in whatever position he was. Um, but yeah, it's been good so far, isn't it? Not not been as many games on TV as I like personally. Um, and again, still adjusting to the fact it's in June. But you know, it's some cricket being played. Yeah, I, I have been puzzled by by Sky's coverage again. I don't really, I, I don't really get it um, over here. But Willow, who's the official kind of USA um, provider of cricket stuff, they do have Sky's coverage for mm. for the Blast, and they're broadcasting it here, which is great fun. A few more ads, but it, it's really good. And um, so I get to feel like I'm at home for a couple of hours. But uh-huh. yeah, I've been absolutely puzzled by the television schedule for this. BBC again, it's, it's almost something for a, for a kind of post mortem at the end of the season. But BBC's coverage has been pitiful of this tournament. You, you know, as we've said before it's all it's all um, bells and whistles for the hundred you barely know this tournament's going on and again you know the way the game weeks work it's so hard to follow we we brought this up on our on our interview um in our, in our interview with our preview it's like it's it's difficult to follow this tournament because it's so spread out and um it's just you just need get solid game weeks but yeah well i've been impressed by a lot of the youtube coverage from teams somerset and sorry's sorry's was as good as sky it was absolutely exceptional is that the whole game gun or is that highlight packages whole game live oh live, right whole very game. good yeah, if so, for the listeners, if you do want to watch the blast, international rights to at least in the US can't speak for other territories. I don't know there, but you just hop on. More often than not, if the game's not on Sky, you hop on the home team, not not necessarily your team, but the home team's right. YouTube page. It's amazing. Um, oh, I didn't it, know that. That's quite. Oh, it's fantastic. That's how I've watched most of it. Yorkshire did have really bad coverage actually. I tuned in to see my captain Hales yesterday. He got a golden duck. I <laughs> turned off, but it was very juttery and stuff. So it's inconsistent. But Surrey's has, and Somerset's have been great. Zach, what do you, what do you reckon? Just on, I was watching, uh, I can't remember, I was watching Leicestershire because I had two bowlers for Leicestershire. But I watched about 10 minutes of it and it was really grainy. And I was like, why is it so grainy? And it turned up my YouTube had it automatically down on like the lowest, the lowest like quality. And it, oh, and I put it up to the highest quality. It looked beautiful. Well, I didn't so know about this at all. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, co- yeah so, brilliant. Good bit of consumer advice worldwide. You can watch it. Free to watch. There you go. Maybe the Sky can't be bothered anymore. Who knows? Um, But that's the blast. We'll we'll, we'll do little updates every week on this if you want to try and follow it with us and uh, put a fantasy team together if you'd like as well. If you want to find our league in our Twitter, I think you can join late. I I don't know the the, the, the logistics of it. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of banter. Um, Right, before we get to Zach's quick question, uh, there's a lot of international cricket going on this week. Some is finished. Some is starting. Uh, we're not going into any kind of depth on it, but just to let you know, cricket is happening. Uh, the West Indies beat the Netherlands 3-0 in an ODI series last week. Uh, Hussain, uh, that left-arm spinner, took an unbelievable catch at the World Cup, taking lots of wickets. Uh, obviously, England will go to the Netherlands in a few weeks, I think, with that one-day squad that they announced. A, a pretty strong one-day squad at that uh, to go and play in the Netherlands yes, as well. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. West Indies will now go and play Pakistan in three ODIs starting tomorrow, Wednesday, or today, Wednesday, as you're listening to this. Uh, they were meant to be in December, rescheduled for, for lots of reasons. Uh, Australia are in Sri Lanka as we speak. They've played the first T20 of a three-game series. Australia won that by 10 wickets. So um, we'll see how this series goes for Sri Lanka. They've got five ODIs and two tests as well. So uh, always good to see Australia playing abroad. So we'll see how they get on uh, over in Sri Lanka. And finally, South Africa are in India for five T20 internationals starting on Thursday. So now the IPL is done. International cricket is back on the menu and pretty much everybody's playing and will be for the next few months. So very, very exciting indeed. Right, let's wrap it up, Zach. Quick question. We've missed these for a couple of weeks. For those who haven't listened, we'll ask you the question this week, but you've got to come back next week to find out what the answer is. Don't Google it. Go on, Zach. I'm excited for this one. So I don't think you could Google this. And I must thank one of my colleagues for this because he he posted it in a, in a chat at work and it, it everyone loved it. So, of course, they did, though. Of the 49 <laughs> players to have played over 2,000 defensive shots in test matches for England, which batter has the most secure defence? So that is the highest dismissal rate per question. defensive shot. You definitely can't Google that as well, actually. This is the, this is the perfect quick question. Wow. I mean, I'm going to have a real good think about that this week because 2,000 defensive shots. Could it be something stupid like Jimmy Anderson? who's got a lot of not outs um, or is it just, is it, you know, someone like Cook or Denley? We'll find out. I look forward to that. Do you know the answer? You must know the answer already, Zach. Okay. Of course. Glenn, any, any names you want to check out? Get us, get uh, people's brains ticking. I'm, I'm thinking, Trot's on my mind because I mentioned him earlier. I might, might dangle him in early. Uh, he was very secure defensively. It's a great 2, question. 2,000 defensive shots is like, not only have to be in for 2,000 balls, you have to have played does that count as a leave, Zach, or is this a forward defensive? It's just forward defensives. They've played two thousand forward defensives. So they've played oh, they've played a lot of cricket. My, they've played a lot kind of test of, matches for my England. kind of player if they've played two thousand forward defensives. That's a really good one. Well, do tune in next week to find out who that is, because you definitely can't Google it. And the only place you can get the answer is right here on Rainstop Play. Um we will be back at uh, the first test match. Sorry, the second test match starts on Friday at Trent Bridge. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday next week, depending on when that test match finishes to give you all of our reaction. That's about it, boys. Zach, thank you very much. Thank you. Glenn, thank you very much. See you next week. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the cricket. And we'll see you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.